you having fun just staring from across the room you've got to stretch your stuff and i'll show you just what to do now you gotta dance gotta make your advance you gotta show you've got the guts i gotta move that'll make them swoop and it's called the two-step strut now dance with me Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Nolan. I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? Hi, my. Oh, slow mo. I. <laughs> I thought I'm you were starting to do. Oh. Doing. <laughs> Fine. To S- starting to skew into the crypt keeper a little bit. Day. How are you doing? I'm good. How- oh, I'm doing really good. No, I am falling. This is down. hell. This is no one is enjoying this bit anymore. I'm rolling. Into the sand. Help me, Mike. So we're doing Baywatch this week. Uh, the <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson Zach Efron vehicle. Uh, we'll let Madison get their get their shit together, and I could, I'll just talk to you, prequels. Just me. Oh wait, now I'm super fast. Oh my god. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. What's going on? What's going on? How did you like the movie? Oh, yeah. Daddy's tomatoes. Blah, blah, blah. It's bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, to be continued. <laughs> okay. That was a good episode. Yeah, it was good. Um, next time. Next time. Um, no, I I, don't, I, don't, I actually really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, uh, so did I. Yeah. I've seen it before, um, so I knew mm-hmm. what to expect. And the laughs that I remembered before hit me mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Um, this is the second time I've seen it. I actually watched it a few months ago with my roommate and friend of the show and adventure, Jackson Eflin. And we were very drunk the whole time and growing increasingly drunker and more baffled that this movie was like good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as it goes, it's like a, a film, like writing, acting, directing, etc. Probably mediocre, but like yeah. as a movie, like jokes and laughter, like enjoying it pretty fucking good like this time hit me and there were some jokes near the end that i forgot because i was just extremely drunk by that point watching it um the first time like what i'm gonna you you texted me this you're gonna you're gonna have me guess the part that made you laugh the most yeah yeah there's there's a there is a particular joke that i thought was hilarious and got me just as hard this time as it did the first time. my guess there's like a couple of thoughts i had about that I mean, obviously, like the rest of America, that kid's boner trapped in a chair <laughs> had to have been the biggest laugh of the night for you. You know, you know what's funny about that moment isn't necessarily the uh, the boner being. <laughs> this sentence, this sentence is going to go somewhere, and I'm excited. No, isn't it's not the fact that his boner was stuck in the chair, and that's a ridiculous situation. Like mm-hmm. there was him and him talking to Hannibal Burris, being like, "Shh, don't be, don't, don't tell anyone. Just don't, remain calm. Like, don't, don't flex anyone over here." And then just out of nowhere, CJ is just right next to him. He's like, "Hey, I see you're having some trouble here." <laughs> like that's the that was the funny part to me of that. Um. My guess for the bit that hit you at the same time was the rocks. Uh, I was born of the ocean. I scratched <laughs> my back on a whale's balls. Oh. Time to die, boys. No! I was born of the sea. I eat fire coral and I piss salt water. I scratch my back with a whale's dick. And I loop up my chest with his ball sack. What I'll die when the tide stops and the moon drowns. Until then, I'm oceanic, motherfucker. It was not that. Um, okay. It is funny. I actually didn't remember that, and that did hit me this time. Um, said, quit looking at Little Mitch. It's creepy. No, but it does have to do with Little Mitch. It oh, is... was it the second time he comes back <laughs> and he's wearing the yellow shirt and looks very sad? Yeah. So there's this, okay. there's this whole plot point of uh, well. Mitch... Or not plot point, this whole uh, set piece, I guess, um, of 
Mitch, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's character, has this huge aquarium in his place. And within the aquarium are little versions of him being a lifeguard, like riding dolphins and like with binoculars and everything. And then there's a midpoint in the movie, spoiler, where he gets fired uh-huh. and starts working at a Sprint store. And part of the montage of him working at the Sprint store is there is a little version of him in a Sprint outfit. <laughs> like Looking extremely dejected. Looking str- extremely depressed and dejected like little tiny rock action figure in a yellow sprint polo it's that it, it, it's it, it's it's funny it, it was great uh, yeah i mean legitimately surprised at how fucking actually funny this movie was yeah. like i really thought it was going to be a lot of beefcake and it was but it was it veered from the show to be comedy i think the fact i don't have any tomatoes this week but looking through a few of them a lot of comparisons to 21 jump street which mm-hmm. I think is probably why this is as comedic as it is, That's, was the success of 21 Jump Street. I didn't think about that, but absolutely. Yeah, for sure. What I what I love about the movie, or at least what the writers did with the plot, mm-hmm. is that they weren't afraid to get like meta with it. And just oh, like yeah. ha- about halfway through the movie, um, well, actually, maybe even earlier on, because Zac Efron's character says stuff all the time. It's like, wait, why are we doing this? We're not yeah. cops. We're lifeguards. We're supposed to protect the beach. And so, um, that, that keeps being brought up m- multiple times as like a joke. And then it becomes a plot point. It's like, oh, yeah, these people are overextending themselves a lot. Uh, that is my fa- Like In this instance, I didn't because Zach Efron was a douchebag for uh-huh. most of the film. That kind of character, though, the one who has no context or hasn't bought in, is my favorite type of character. Uh, the best example I can give as like a, an archetype of that, uh, spoilers for season a season of The Good Place, uh, probably season one, uh, where Jason and Janet get married. Mm-hmm. And Chidi comes in, and Eleanor has gone through this whole thing for the whole episode. And she's like, "Hey, I don't know if I actually love you." It was, you know, I thought I was in love with Jason, but now he's married to Janet. And Chidi goes, "Yeah, what?" Because he hasn't been there the whole time. Like, yeah, this yeah, makes yeah. sense to us because we were there every step of the way. But to somebody who just walks in at the last step, and it's like, uh, "Yeah, because now he's now uh, <laughs> Jason's married Janet." Oh yeah, what? Like that kind of character is my favorite one because they haven't been there. Like it makes sense if you follow the thread the whole time and you've bought in. This character has not. They've mm-hmm. not been there at all, and it's just the most buck wild shit. And they're like, "What is happening?" Yeah, and this movie realizes what it is, and it's mm-hmm. not afraid to have fun or make fun of itself at all. Like or get too ridiculous. It's sort of like how the Fast and the Furious movies are in that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, this this is a fun action detective sort of mystery movie um on a beach. You know, like in if they were at any moments and there may be like one or two where they're getting like super serious about what's going on, it oh, would yeah. it would have worked. It just doesn't work with the concept of a Baywatch movie, right? It like, is, yeah. It is good because the characters are entirely engaged and they have bought in. Like they, the characters are taking this seriously. The movie is not, and that's what I think works for it. Is like Lieutenant Mitch Buchanan fundamentally believes everything he is saying, and everybody on Baywatch believes everything he's saying. Mm-hmm. The movie is openly pointing at them and going, "Look how ridiculous that is." Yeah, and that's what works is that the characters give a shit. The movie is like this. Look how like what the fuck. <laughs> Well, and also they're like the demigods of of the bay too. It's yeah. like they're they are the protectors. They you know, like uh, the demigods of uh, Lieutenant Mitch Buchanan, Matt Brody, Ronnie, Dick Chairboy. There's it's a plot point, um, or it's something that's brought up a lot of how Mitch has basically <laughs> saved everyone in the bay at least once, uh-huh. and everyone owes him a favor. Like there's even a part during the. Um, the chase scene from the coroner's office to the canal where uh, the bad guy jumps on a jet ski and then um, uh, the rocks chasing him. And this one guy is just like, Hey Mitch, come over here. Here's my jet ski. Go ahead. Take it. And to put it in D and D terms, his background is folk hero, right? You know, like people just know who he is and like, will give him stuff and like, do him favor uh, right before that was a bit that i jackson and I were talking about i would have loved if they'd done it a little differently but it's they're fighting in that house in that little girl's room oh yeah and the guy picks up the baby picture and goes no 
no baby pictures. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, you're right. And then pretends, like, pretends to put down and swings at him anyway. And I just told Jackson, I would have loved if that was like, there's a code that we follow. Like, every every person in this area knows you follow the code. If you're going to fight, that's fine. No baby pictures. Oh, what's good about that is, too, is uh, Mitch's character gets the baby picture away and then puts it down din- gingerly during <laughs> yeah, the fight. But, like, upright, too. Not yeah. just, like, sets it down. I think he makes sure it's upright so it's visible. But that, that scene, too, is he, he basically, that guy is sneaking around whatever he's trying to escape and either he's going to move through the house right or so mitch buchanan enters the house as well walks in the kitchen and goes hey don't mind me i'm just going to get rid of the bad man in your house it's mm-hmm. like what a thing to tell a child yeah just home very very safe very fine doesn't know anything's wrong and you're just announcing oh there's a bad person in your house and you don't know it yeah don't think about this ever again yeah tell your therapist mitch sent you but yeah i i genuinely enjoyed it there, there are parts of the movie that are just like I don't know. They're they're sort of being ironic about toxic masculinity. Like sometimes that it doesn't like play yeah. like it's I, kind of like, ooh, like maybe you shouldn't have done that joke, but it wasn't like so bad. Like they're trying to parody and make it look ridiculous. But Jackson and I were talking about specifically in this instance Ronnie, which I think yeah. is something to go with that. He's the schlubbier guy. I use the phrase he looks like one of the Sprouse brothers ate the other one. Yeah. Um and he is meant to be there because Baywatch is so hypersexualized. Mm-hmm. Like the original show was all of these like cut, ripped, gorgeous people. And so it's like, okay, let's put like a kind of schlubbier guy on the team and like that's sexy too. And like I get what they were going mm-hmm. for. It feels in any other film this would have felt like a fantasy like insert character. Like I, I hi, I'm Ronnie and I like I'm just here and I can't do anything, but I also get to have sex with CJ at the end of the movie because that would be so cool. Yeah. yeah and it's yeah. just kind of like they don't the movie doesn't feel like that in a different kind of movie it would. And I get though that like with what you're talking about, I feel like they were trying to take a jab at toxic masculinity, but in the end, just kind of did toxic masculinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, it exists and it's funny, kind of. Like, or, you know, like, that's, it's kind of, it's Isn't not. Isn't it funny how dumb what they're saying yeah, is, except yeah. the stuff they're saying isn't that egregious. And so mm-hmm. it really just kind of comes off as like, haha, right? Going back to Ronnie's character, um, you can kind of tell that he was like, as far they had like some jokes with him, but they didn't have a lot for him to do because you oh, know no. like at all he he his his skills like he never saved he never went into the water at least one or like saved anyone or was part no. of any of the action scenes. It was always the other the other four. He was the man in the chair. The one thing he did was uh, at the end to contribute was to run the very complicated high-tech fireworks computer that isn't a thing like that that was his whole purpose of being there basically like they could have cut they probably could have cut his character out Mm -hmm. as well as alexander dadero's character who doesn't how dare you you fucking take that back yeah but she doesn't have like a lot of good moments take that back yeah i mean she's a good actress i don't i don't i don't mean that but like she doesn't do a lot in the movie that's fair I mean, Stephanie basically is there to be the Rock's, like, right hand Mm -hmm. and then not be in the movie because they didn't give her an arc. Yeah, yeah. I guess I will say for Stephanie, I do like that at least the movie kind of knew that she wasn't going to have an arc, so they didn't try to give her one or anything. Like, like with Ronnie and CJ, they tried to, like, make them this, like, B story. Like, what's going on with that? Uh, Except that B story happens at the beginning and then 40 minutes of this movie elapse without them being on the screen, and then they show up again to finish the B story. Like, at least Stephanie, they were like, look, we, we need her for reasons. She's not a character. She's going to be here, and then she's not. And, like, it's fine. There's a, a, a point where Mitch gets fired, and that the Throp guy is like, oh, Brody, you're in charge now. And, and then The Rock is like, with all due respect, like, this should go to yeah. Stephanie. Like, she's put the work in. To she's credit, the Brody yeah. also says that. Yeah, like, yes. He, this is after some of the character growth has happened, and he's like, "No, I, I, I'm in no way qualified to do this." Yeah, yeah, and but yeah, the, it's clearly that he is being used as a pawn to, mm-hmm. and that Thrope is like corrupt and everything. I love that last name Thrope. His name is Thorpe, and I'm not like correct, like correcting you. I love Thor- or Thrope as a last name. Was it Thor? 
yeah, it's Thorpe. Okay, whatever. Still, um, no, it's like, the I'm same. Not, like that wasn't a correction. Sa- That's just you came up with a cooler last name. Yeah, it's the same letters, just in a different order. Um, <laughs> Madison has name dyslexia. Yeah, apparently. I mean, probably legitimately, because I forget people's names all the time. That's not dyslexia. Yeah, I mean, if that disease exists, I probably have it. <laughs> you have name blindness, if anything. Besides, like the comedy, um, the action scenes were great. I also thought the music was good. Towards the end, there's a really good song by Sleigh Bells that I'll put a little bit of clip in. Great band. Everyone check them out. We'll link it in the show notes as well. Yeah. Because we we'll only put like the legally allowed amount of that music in our episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. The action scenes, though, the um, particularly the boat that's on fire, the yacht, mm-hmm. cool scene all around. Yeah. Um, really the chase cool. scene was great. Um, the, the fireworks barge was okay. <laughs> yeah. That's where they jumped the shark a little bit, just because now that it was like, this is our big action set piece in a movie full of not small action set pieces. They kind of had to go too over the top. Yeah. I, I told Jackson when we were watching this, this actually does feel a little bit like a James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the villain makes a joke, I'm not a Bond villain yet. And then by the end of it, it was like, this, no, it's a big set piece. They're like, on this ridiculous thing in the middle of the ocean. Half the people are wearing tuxedos. Like, yeah. This actually might be a Bond film. I mean, she she's a she's kind of a fun villain. I mean, her entire role is just to chew up the scenery. Yeah. Like that's it. It's not even like that the actress uh Priyanka Chopra, I believe, was doing the part and chewing up the scenery. I'm pretty sure in the script it just her role just was to chew up scenery. And there's a really good part at the very end when she has the gun to the head to Zac Efron where uh and she's about to climb up the ladder and Zac Efron's like, "Fuck you, lady." And she says, "Pass." Yeah. <laughs> Just a pretty fun, delightful movie. Yeah. This this is a movie I would watch with my parents if I could cut out the scene where they show through that kid's swim trunks his just enormous penis and testicles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and also, I think I've said this before on a previous episode, but every movie should play their blooper reel at the oh, end yeah, of it 100%. like every single one and they're funny like some of them are pretty good bloopers like what i love is that for the th- uh, the throp character they cast um rob hubel who famously is a comedian and improviser mm-hmm. and i just love the fact that a lot of the bloopers are scenes with him where he clearly was just yes anding the blooper to make it even worse <laughs> Like, he was doing, like, one-liners, because you could tell, like, maybe the note was, like, say something in relation to this here. The Ron, Ron Burgundy school of reactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say, and this maybe we'll get into the pitch, since we're, seems like that's where we're heading. I like this movie. One reason, because it wraps itself up. Like, our pit, there's not, like, a thread for us to tug at for a sequel. Like, we're basically just going to make another adventure. Yeah. Which I think also is sometimes where we get in trouble because we don't have like something to grab onto to start we're kind of just like scrabbling at the cliff face looking for a handhold for a while so i don't know i have a couple ideas jotted down uh but i'm excited to just make up a whole new dumb baywatch adventure but i also know sometimes that's where our pitches start to flounder a little bit yeah yeah and i think like because i didn't watch the show a lot um I remember seeing episodes when I was younger, when I was like at my babysitters, like, and that Mm. was about the memory that I have. I don't remember a single thread. The only characters I remember are David Hasselhoff and Pamela Anderson, but that's just because they are. the ones you're exposed to, yeah. Yeah, because they're iconic in in relation to that show, right? So Mm. I have a a wacky idea, um, but um, we'll see what your idea is and we'll see what we, we got, so... I do actually have one last thing I want to talk about very quickly before we get to the movie. Uh, I'm bringing you to Twitter court because I need you to answer for you could knit a sweater with the amount of veins popping out during the Dwayne v. Zach course battle. And I just really need you to explain what the fuck that means. There, towards the beginning of the movie. Oh, um, I remember the scene. Yeah. I'm, what does he mean by you could knit a okay, sweater with I know, the amount of veins? I know. I know you remember the scene, but for our listeners. <laughs> no, um, no. It, towards the beginning of the movie, there's a course battle between it's like a qualifier uh, to become a trainee for the lifeguards and Zach Efron and Dwayne the Rock Johnson are competing with each other, basically doing a lot of CrossFit bullshit, like like 
carrying porta potties on their shoulders, flipping a tire and everything. Zach Efron at one point does this like ninja warrior obstacle where he has like a, a peg in a wall and has to like jump to the next peg. Um, and so during those scenes was basically like you see how jacked both of the, these actors are um, mm-hmm. very well jacked, especially Zach Efron, like, like Zach Efron, like, the the rock is always jacked like it's it's his thing like and everything but zach efron is particularly jacked for this movie i feel i believe cut is the phrase the kids are using these days for cool, that sort cool. of um uh so both of them are cut as hell and you just see their veins popping out of their body like uh with like the strain of their muscles you saw i, I said on twitter you saw so many of them you could knit a sweater with those veins as if they are uh if they are material I see. Uh, if you if so you, you're suggesting if you pulled them out of their body one by one like yarn you could knit a sweater of their veins so basically you're suggesting we go out and create a zach afron vein sweater yes exactly check out our merch store <laughs> oh god we'll have to design that at some point yeah so uh unless you have anything you want if you want to take me to twitter court or anything like that uh otherwise i will uh get our timer started so let's start with what's your wacky idea my wacky idea is because old Mitch uh, Buchanan and um, Casey Casey Jean or Casey Jones. I forget what the. Uh, uh, well, I know Casey Jones is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles character, oh, okay. so it might be Casey Jean. Yeah, it could still be Casey Jones, but but that's David Hasselhoff um, and Pamela Anderson's old characters. From they make appearances in in the movie, uh, little cameos. And I was thinking of them as sort of these mythical figures. And mm-hmm. the wacky idea is like, what if they are gods? Um, and it gets okay. supernatural. And they have like a sort of like challenge towards the team that is to like, there's like a supernatural threat of like the beach is going to turn to like ash or something if they don't do something. That's That was my only thing. Because I, okay. I mentioned like, these people on the beach are like demigods. Like, what if we leaned into mm-hmm. that really, really hard? Um, mm. But that's that. That's just like the one very loose, not very well developed idea that I I, I kind of sure. thought about. I really only had like I had a couple notes about like mix beach stuff with politics, drugs, gangs, etc. Like like a crime, whatever. Uh, I wrote down beach cops. And I did write down the last idea I just put in quotes was end of watch. I don't know. We could do something with that. But you did mention Casey Jones. What if we did a crossover with the Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies? That would work. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So (laughs) we do this all the time where we force other movies into our pitches. No, I know. And I'm not. I have to. I just. I'm not saying that we shouldn't because. Honestly, tonally, it kind of fits. Like I think uh-huh. with like the action, with the action scenes and everything, it would be about how we get the turtles to Baywatch um, and what that means um, and why they're there. Um, let's skip it then. I actually let's skip it because I think I know. I, based off of that, I know what movie I want us to do next. Okay. Yeah, let's just not worry about it then and do an actual Baywatch sequel without the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Beach Cops is good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I let the, what I think about when I think about that is like, what if they talk about the jurisdiction of like mm-hmm. the, of the Baywatch people, the lifeguards, what if, um, because there's been so much crime happening and like mm-hmm. with the big crime that happened on the, on the beach with, uh, Leeds in the first movie, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, maybe we should have beach cops thus making the work mm-hmm. that the lifeguards do illegitimate and they don't need to do it anymore. So it's kind of like these cops are moving in on their territory and there's something we could do there. Sure. Um, Let me ask you this question. How do you see that resolving? Like, I, do the lifeguards fight the cops or do they thinking, just shame them by doing the job better? Or I was thinking maybe it's like more of a private police and then like maybe you find out that they are corrupt or something. It's like maybe that they are not actually there for the, the safety of the Bay necessarily Mm. there. There could be someone pulling the strings and they're actually some sort of like criminal organization or something like that. Um, Um, So uh, let's, let's follow this rabbit hole then. 
what 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 do they want with the beach? Hmm. We could do. I like the um, which I can only assume it was an episode of Baywatch mm-hmm. where where they're talking about the diamonds being hidden in yeah. the surfboards. Like I think, like I'm pretty sure if, all three of those were actually Baywatch plots. Yeah, because then Zach Efron says this sounds like the plot of a very entertaining but not realistic television show or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, which is which is like a which is kind of like a slam, but not really. Yeah, it's a backhanded compliment for sure. Yeah, so I was thinking maybe it has something to do with like diamonds. Like, what if there are diamonds okay. being like laundered? I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if if jewel laundering works. I mean, because the idea is that they just like what you're what you're suggesting then is a private militia is brought in by the city by the bay by a concerned citizen we, that we can figure out but they're being brought in to more thoroughly police crime on the beach mm-hmm. or coming in off of the water so that they can smuggle jewels in like how does that how does a militia patrolling the beach or cops patrolling the beach help them smuggle jewels in yeah is that to be jewels like but the reason oh, sure. i like the idea of this private police force coming in mm-hmm. and like them being supported by the city. Cause I can see a lot of good tension between Mitch's character and mm-hmm. like the leader and like the city. Maybe he continues to overextend himself, even though these people oh, are, sure. ha- have been brought in to help. Like, mm-hmm. um, the, and they seem really nice and like everything. I think there's obviously something going on. And I think there's a whole thread of like, Mitch's seems like he's looking for something that's not there. Right. Uh, while the other team is being like, no, they're just here to make our job easier. Thank, thank God, like we don't have to work as hard. Like we can concentrate yeah. on like you know saving drowning people and you know like fucking and fucking you know in the lifeguard tower, which is totally not appropriate. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they do that in the tower. I thought they did. I thought that's where they were. Uh, that's where Ronnie and CJ were at the end, weren't they? In the lifeguard tower. No, I'm pretty sure that was like her house or something. Uh, okay whatever but yeah like i like that idea as like this sort of outside force this police force being the sort of like villain suspect of this uh and everything so okay i think we have six minutes let's figure out there what what the the nefarious mm-hmm. premise is um i'm just gonna start rapid firing is there oil under the beach is there gold under the beach are they trying to clear the beach so that they can get something from it are they trying to clear the beach so that they have access to like land boats for smuggling purposes i mean there's like docks and piers along the beach like are they do they want something from the physical beach itself or do they like the location of the beach for an evil plan what if it's sort of like a heist of some sort and um they have built this sort of fancy police station on gotcha. the on the beach, and they chose that location specifically because they're tunneling under the yes. beach. Uh, it's the Redheaded League from the Sherlock Holmes stories, where um, a guy gets a job at a pawn shop across the street from a bank, says he's a photographer, and does uh, made the basement his dark room. When in reality, he's tunneling under the street into the vault of a bank. Yeah. Yeah, Beautiful. and and I think there could be like clues of like maybe there's suddenly like a sinkhole or something that ha- mm. shows up on the beach and like they're like what is that like I don't know like it's just it's an odd occurrence and like sure that's the let's thing get to that let's we got five sure. minutes let's let's get the bones set and then we can come back to stuff like that okay but let's um is somebody in the city part of it or is it just this this private force is the heist crew or are they being like funded and put up to this by like a councilman or somebody else in the city i think maybe by the city's standpoint is like this is just a good idea for like having a more intense police presence on the beach and instead of like like a public police force it's a private police force so they they contracted it out to a company Mm -hmm. which happens in cities like all the time that's Um, for it i I don't think we need to go too deep into why like the contracting i'm fine with that i just is is the police force the villain or are they the underlings of a villain i'm fine if the police are the villain that's just we need to decide that i think now i think the police force the the crew are all Mm. part of like i think there is a main villain like there's a head um it can be someone it can be someone we we cast later but 
they are pretending to be a police force, um, but they are really a heist crew trying to. Uh, I, I I think every single one of them is okay. Um, which I don't think like because their beach is big, but it's not like that big. It could be like maybe six to seven people, right? I think we have like three or four main people that we cast in name and they have like tra- um, traits or attributes but like because there's other lifeguards there at the on baywatch but we never meet or talk to them yeah 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 and maybe we could even do a plot where one of them is like very charming and is maybe alexander daddario uh her character like connects with them and like it's sort of mm-hmm. like they're building trust with these with the lifeguards to sort of like fool them like I mean, Stephanie would be, we could give her an actual arc. Yeah, yeah, that could be. In this movie, and she could be that one. Yeah. Um, Question, as with three minutes left, we could do a heel turn, and it's not um, a private police force. They just set up basically another Baywatch tower. It's almost like a second unit of Baywatch. And then it's almost like a Baywatch, not Civil War, but it's a team of other Baywatchers who are tunneling to steal this. Hmm. I'm fine with st- I'm just throwing that out there to see if it sticks. If not, we can ignore it. I just want to see what you think about that. If there's any heat there, I like the private police force better. I think okay. mainly yeah. because it sort of is more of a blockade. Like it's sort of like mm-hmm. it's harder for Mitch and the crew to like go against. I think like I think I think if like there are a bunch of people masquerading as lifeguards, you- it would be very obvious. Like you know like. To them. Oh no! I mean, they are lifeguards. There, it is actual like because we, we see there's other members of Baywatch that we just don't talk to or hang out with or learn their names. Um, we just talk to Mitch's crew. It's like they set up a second guard tower and are like, okay, now this guy who's also a Baywatch person's in charge of that tower and that crew, and they are the ones who start digging a tunnel, whatever. So it's actually like crooked Baywatch members. Hmm. That'd be interesting. And like, I don't know. Um... I don't know people from the uh, old, old show or anything, but maybe the leader of that is like one of the old cast members of the show. So it's like, oh, yeah, like we trust them. But then there's a heel turn. And yeah, I I think that that way I think that's better. It's like expanding the force, you know, like and also the story can be Mitch doesn't believe that they would do that. Like Mitch, who's always on the lookout for criminal crime and danger to the beach and all that stuff is kind of actively refusing to look at look at this like no they're Baywatch they wouldn't be doing anything until yeah like, I think that's we're a family and that gives him an interesting everybody else is like why won't you like actually open your eyes about this like maybe that's the tension with him and Brody is Brody is like you're not looking like you're burying your head on this one you're not actually paying attention and it's gonna like hurt a lot of people or fuck up blah 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 yeah I'm looking up some like old characters sure. from the show. Our time's up anyway. Yeah. So. so, who's someone who's who was always on the show? Let's see. Because um, I don't think it should be like David Hasselhoff or oh, no. anything like that. Maybe uh, there's a guy named Jeremy Jackson who was on like who was there for eight years. So interesting. His yeah. last name is also Buchanan. In yeah. The show. Yeah. So like, I think. He could be a person that like is uh we're supposed to trust. Or that's who that's who uh Mitch trusts, right? Then and they're like buddy buddy. They like ride like ATVs together and they like surf and like are having this sort of like bromance and while Brody is like searching for something nefarious. I think I think Brody is the detective here. Maybe Brody and uh Summer are are like uh-huh. sort of like the people that are kind of looking into this like i think it's brody by himself at first and then like summer yeah summer joins him and then i think at first it doesn't seem like it is the second watchtower the second guard tower and then Mm -hmm. the more they find um the the more clues that they find it eventually leads back to them um so here's sorry i was looking into hobie buchanan yeah he's the son of mitch buchanan Mm. played by david hasselhoff Mm. so we could follow that and he could actually be the son of the David Hasselhoff character from the movie. And that's another reason the rock Mitch Buchanan won't like even countenance like that he's crooked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm fine with that. That it is the son of old Mitch Buchanan. He's an old friend even, I'd say. Like, mm-hmm. I think him and Mitch know each other, right? Um, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he said that old Mitch was his mentor. Yeah. 
Um, let's stick with Hobie. Maybe we give him a different last name. Sure, sure. Because they never said that Mitch was also named Mitch Buchanan. Yeah, Hobie Hobie Jones. Hobie Jones. Let's take my own last name. Yeah, I think that works. So I think a lot of the what is the first thing that tips Brody off? Um, do you think it is the sinkhole or something or? Um, maybe yeah, that's like, I, think, I uh, so here's, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I would say maybe that the sinkhole is the first weird occurrence that is like, what's going on here? So I think we start with the sinkholes are how, like we establish tower two has been built or whatever, mm-hmm. or the sinkholes have started and they both teams meet at the sinkhole and maybe they rib each other about, Hey, this is our part of the beach. Ah, go. what do you think? What do you think's going on here? And they're working the problem together. And Hobie's like, ah, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a big deal. We don't need to worry about it. Whatever. Yeah, it's like, uh, oh, there there was a kid they get a hole here yesterday. He filled it in. Mm-hmm. Maybe it just was like loose sand, you know. It- and Brody clocks something. I don't know. I he's like, I, I think this is where it's more of a vibe. Like mm-hmm. he kind of looks around and he clocks like across the street over there, kind of near the sinkhole is a bank or a jewelry store or something like like we see it and he's just he doesn't clock it like hey i bet that's a tunnel but he sees it he's just gonna look around and it's just this vibe of like something here is more than it appears yeah yeah maybe that's like the first thing mm-hmm. and then maybe he notices some of the lifeguards from station two are just like slacking and is like super judgmental of them and she's like what are you doing like there's been some grifters who came to our station saying that people have had their stuff stolen what's going on and they're like oh yeah you know we're looking into it you know we haven't noticed anything they're those beats uh grifters you know they they're 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 tricky you know it's hard to always know what they're doing you know maybe like the whole team of tower two shows up and brody's like who's who's on patrol at the beach yeah like oh no well whatever we got whatever the tower like i don't know i i just feel like at the beginning it's more and a gut instinct that something is uh, more than it appears to be. Yeah. With the sinkhole. And I think he like looks and like we, the audience, we don't like lock onto the jewelry store, but we have him scan just like looking around and he looks across the street and we see that there is a jewelry store and then yeah. some other stores like is part of it. And it's like, then we can reference it later. I think once the sinkholes start happening more, that's when um, we start to like actually like insert more clues. Mm-hmm. I think there's a part where Brody is like, okay, like something's fishy, something's going on. I'm going to break into guard tower two and like look at their reports or something like that. And then like mm-hmm. he gets caught and by Mitch and Hobie and like, it's just like, what are you doing here? Like, what are you like? They're like, Mitch, clearly there's something going on here. And then Hobie pulls out like the reports that he was looking for, you know, like they have like mm-hmm. a paper trail that like everything is on the level um, as far as yeah. like, as far as Mitch is concerned. Um, but he's a little blinded by his own trust of Hobie, right? What I was thinking for um, Summer's character, because I like the idea that maybe like she has a connection with uh, one of them or something. I, okay. I Because of the paper thin relationship that Brody and Summer had in the right. first movie, like I can imagine like that not working out. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know, because I told Jackson this. The thing I like about the way that that's, they handle that, as you say, sort of paper-thin relationship, is very much she is definitely attracted to him. And is like, I we're probably going to have sex. I'm going to make you work for it, though. Sure. I'm going to make sure. like You have to become a much better person before that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the movie is more of like her making him work for it than any like actual romance. Yeah, yeah. So I think we could dig into that here, but I'm also fine if we just don't. Yeah. Also, we could make it Stephanie's character that has like sort of a connection with someone sure. over there. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's just like the second in command over there. Mm-hmm. Like I imagine they have like their like mirror, their mirror like versions of them. You know, sure. we need I mean, Corbin Blue to play the Mitch Bro- or the uh, Matt Brody character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> That's very good. I, we're doing that. Um, uh, and then maybe there's like a girl or the guy or a guy that Stephanie uh, connects right. with um, over sure. there. Um, and they're like the trust. Like, so they have a lot of more at stake if like the guard tower, at, the lifeguard tower, two people are corrupt. Right. You know, like. Yeah. Maybe like you said about sand grifters, like one of the things that starts to get Brody more suspicious is like 
people like they catch some sand grifters. But earlier in the movie, uh, Hobie would be like, oh, yeah, we caught these sand grifters. And this was how they were stealing shit. And then Brody catches the same grifters on their beach. And it's like, I thought you didn't you get caught over our tower too, like last week? Like, no, no. What are you talking about? I, and then that way, then that gives him a reason to try to check their logs. Mm-hmm. So when do, when do we think? So we have all this set up and this like this trust and everything. It's like right. when when do we think people start believing Brody? Or uh, does Brody go out on his own and get captured by them or something? Or finds one of the tunnels? Hmm. What do we think? Let's tie this answer. This is going to sound like a cop out. Let's tie this answer into a big action scene of like saving somebody, like a Baywatch save. It's something to do with that is how we start to, um, we, Brody starts to like get some more people like, yeah, this is a little odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, so maybe the Tower 2 doesn't show up to this save. Like they radio them like, hey, we're going to need you as well. And they don't show up at all. Um, it's like, then, what, what were they doing? Right. Yeah. You know, I have a thought that like maybe somebody notices they've got like a lot of like dirt under their fingernails, not sand, like dirt, mm-hmm. which is kind of a weird like oh that you must be correct then yeah um there wasn't like a surf scene or something like what if there's like a surfboard like okay. chase scene or something or a surfboard emergency or something yeah um surfboard emergency. yeah you know like i just imagine like the rock or maybe cj jumping into action and like uh surfing towards like to save someone um or maybe there's like a a, a grifter who is like stealing uh and they're doing a, a surf chase scene or something like it that. It would almost then have to be some kind of like paragliding sure. thing because you typically don't surf away from the beach. Yeah, you yeah, go yeah out that's from true. the beach and then surf your way back. Yeah, I'm fine with uh, that. Like the grifter finds something um, and they steal it and then they're ooh. running. And I think whatever the they, f- they catch has the information. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think the grifter, they find something that was dropped by one of maybe it's like a bag of like cash or diamonds or something like that you know i i have this alternate idea of like their plan for the tunnel it's like what if they're tunneling under all these different businesses <laughs> and like they're they're go each day they're going into one and like stealing stuff like you know and like they they continue to dig and they're like going all the way down the boardwalk that's and, a like, good thing too to raise suspicion of crimes happening and businesses just off the beach yeah 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 um my thought is then this ties into my idea for this action scene of um there's like sand grift or whatever they're running. Maybe there's some kind of chase scene out onto the ocean. They come back and they're running and they leap up in the air and go down into one of the sinkholes. And the rest of the guards are like, oh shit. Like we got it. They're trying to take him out. And then Brody looks up and he's like crawling out of a manhole cover on the road okay. on the other side of the beach. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? Like, yeah. And then a truck hits him. Brutal. I mean, full like explosion of organs and meat and blood right there. It is graphic. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, um, what if like the person stands up and Brody's like, wait, stop. And then they get hit by a truck and they die. So they don't have anything to answer. Sure. But they find the yeah. um, do you think it's cash or like diamonds or something or like the something that a business would have would probably be cash. Right. You know, or like just a bunch like a wad of cash. Uh, um, um, yeah, maybe it's like. um one of those pouches, like a money pouches that banks have. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's like got the bank's name printed on it. Okay. That's good. Or like, like then. yeah, yeah, yeah. It has, it has the name of whatever they're like, oh, like how did this, and it's super weird because it's like, how did this grifter find this on the beach when the business is over there? Right. You yeah. know, well, it's like, also a bank. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if we were like a bank pouch, it's even more like, it's not like somebody from the bank just is like, well, I'm going to go take this money pouch to, to with me to lunch at the beach. Like, Yeah, yeah. It is. So so it they is return impossible. it to the bank and they're like, wow, we've been looking for this. It's, it's super weird. Yeah, it's like very weird. Did he come in here? He's like, no, there's no security camera of this guy coming in here at all. So like uh, it was clearly that the pouch was dropped on the beach and the grifter found it. <laughs> I also love the scene though, then because Brody here is like in full Baywatch, like he's drank the Kool Aid. He's like, "All right, sorry if we just take a look around the vault for see if there's any like evidence." And they're like, "No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, you're a lifeguard. This is a bank." I like that. And then like I think I think we get the cop in here as well, like that cop friend um, who 
I think is also tight with like the lifeguard two yeah. people. Oh, he loves lifeguard two because they don't go, they don't stray out of their lane. Yeah, they don't. They just do um, their basic stuff, you know. And like, I like, I like this because this is where we reverse the roles of Brody being the one who's like, all right, how are we going to investigate this? How are we going to get into the bank vault to look at it? And uh, Mitch being like, no, that is insane. We're not going to mm-hmm. break into a bank at night to look yeah. for clues. Like, I think we also have a scene because I want to enter. I want to at least involve the. Uh, other people and mm-hmm. Ronnie being the tech guy, I think Brody like convinces him to like, we just like hack into their computer over there real fast. Um, he's like, no, what? I like, um, I do kind of like the idea of him trying to be like, hey, like just just hack Tower Two, and um, Ronnie being like, I don't have to. It's a shared network. It's like, yeah, but I don't want them to know that we're looking. It's like, oh, okay. So he like has to go through this whole weird bullshit of hacking an open system that they just have access to. I think that's when, um, I think that's when he gets Ronnie on board with like there's being yeah. something suspicious because they find something in like a locked folder. It's like that's weird. That's a locked folder. The, like it's a PDF of the Redheaded League by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And just to give the other people something to do, I think Ronnie and CJ who hooked up at the end of the first movie. Mm-hmm. What if they, they're planning their wedding or something like that? Okay. So like, that's, that's kind of what they're doing during, they're going to have a beach wedding and that's definitely going to be our closing scene. Right. Or something gotcha. like that. Our second beach wedding um, movie. The first being Howard, the duck, love and thunder. Yeah. Yeah. We Thank pan you. over from their beach wedding and we just see Howard, the duck going, God damn it. And flies up to the moon to fight the guy. Yeah. I guess this happened in the eighties though. So never mind. Um, yeah. I like that. I think that works. Um, so it'll be at least like a year or two in the future. Sure. Or after the events of the first movie. Yeah. Um, and so I like the idea that they find, honestly, I kind of made a joke about it being like the redheaded league. What if they find a file or something called like project? And then the name of the guy who runs the pawn shop in that story is Jabez Wilson. It's like project Jabez. Okay. Like, what the fuck is this? I like that. So that's when they get them on board. What do we think? So after Ronnie's on board, do we think that he what's the next step? Like, what's the next step that he does on his like cavalcade of like of tunnel vision of or on his tunnel vision that clearly lifeguard station two is uh, doing some nefarious things? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a question. I mean, I think the sinkholes are getting worse across the beach. Mm-hmm. So now um, the beach is emptying, which means there's less people. So there's less, they don't need as many, just do as many saves. This is how we can kind of get around some of the like beach scenes and like also explain how they can tunnel without anybody noticing. Like what if like, like, what if lifeguard at Tower 2, they're trying to clear the beach. Like they're trying to get people to stop coming here because it's like super dangerous um, uh, to keep like the, uh, to keep witnesses away. Like um, they need, cause when that guy got that bank bag, like that was a huge mm-hmm. flaw in their, or that was, they almost got caught. Right. So they, yeah, need to, they didn't like, know he was using their tunnels. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly someone found the tunnel. So they make a bunch of different ones and mm-hmm. um, to, to kind of as a cover, it's like all these sinkholes are just suddenly showing up for some reason, but there's also the main sink. There's the main tunnel that they're digging that goes towards the businesses. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think maybe by the time, by the time we find the Project Jabez thing, I think that's where they maybe figure out it's tunneling. Because that's, I mean, not going to be a difficult... I mean, it's an interesting name for a, a project, but anybody who's read that story will immediately be like, oh, like this. Oh, my God. That would explain every like the tunneling and everything. Yeah. Um, so that's where they, like... If that's where Brody and Ronnie realize it's tunneling. Mm-hmm. Um, they go... They break in and they try to get the evidence. They need to see like photo evidence of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And I think they both get captured. Yeah. Um, and then because CJ is planning the wedding and like Ronnie's gone and no one's seen Brody for like a full day. Like mm-hmm. what? Where could they be? And I think that's when it cues everyone else to like start like looking into what's going on. But like I, I know I keep coming back to this. They can't leave a note like gone to investigate. No. Um. So they leave some kind of clue. And I think maybe it's just like a book of Sherlock Holmes stories or something with like the keys to something like a key to Watchtower 2 or something like that. Like some subtle thing that like 
Mitch or Summer would pick up on, like, this is odd. I think, like, the story of, uh, what was the story again? The, the Red-Headed uh, League. The Red-Headed League. Like, I think that, um, that's something that, like, I imagine Mitch would pick up on, um, because he's, like, super detective-oriented. I, I like, mean, he is the Superman. Like, he mm-hmm. knows everything and can do everything. Like, he, of course, knows that story. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Or maybe so, Stephanie does. That gives her something to do. She's, like, just knows a lot of books, like, literature. Yeah. I don't like how I just said literature. So I think that causes CJ, Mitch, Mitch and Summer. Stephanie. Uh, yeah, and Summer. To, like, investigate more. Maybe they go to Lifeguard Tower 2, and they're like, have you seen all these mm-hmm. guys? And these two? And they're like, no, we haven't seen them anywhere. And maybe that's when we do the the dirt on the hands like thing mm. of like we see like goes like shakes hands with hobie and it clocks like the dirty fingernails yeah yeah or whatever like yeah so that's when they stake out i think that's when that causes mitch and summer to stake out the lifeguard tower two and maybe that's when they see that um they're taking ronnie and brody out to sea to like kill them right mm-hmm. and make it, it seem like a big action set piece to make it look like an accident happened out on the ocean or something mm-hmm. like they were uh investigating something or maybe they're trying to bury them in one of the sinkholes i mean the sinkholes are presumably some of them lead to the tunnels mm-hmm. uh, but maybe some of them don't so that would be interesting they're going to put them in the sinkholes because like i said we need a big action set piece for the end like the fireworks rig in the middle of the ocean yeah yeah um what if, uh, just going off the top of my head here, what if it's the tunnels and they somehow um, blast into those tunnels and the ocean, the water starts going into the tunnels Ooh, and they start drowning? That's really fucking good. Yeah. So, like, the tunnel is full with water. So it's like this action scene. I think at the beginning, like, it's just them, like, fighting ankle deep water. And then, like, as time goes okay. on, it just keeps rising and rising. And so. Uh, with this, then we we retcon a little bit. Part for through the whole movie, a lot of the saves and stuff is because like this big swell's coming in, and it's going to That's like good. flood the beach at some point. Like so, like people are still there during the day, but it's like the ocean's getting choppier, bigger waves, that kind of thing. On top of the sinkholes, people are just not coming to the beach as much, and so now they're in the tunnels fighting when the big swell hits and floods the beach, which floods into the sinkholes and in, and is now going to flood the tunnels. I also like the idea that like. Maybe there's someone up top going along, like on the on the ground level of the tunnels, and they're trying to dig out, like dig into them. Um, and maybe that's how they save Brody, or maybe that's how Mitch gets saved because you think Mitch is going to drown in one of these tunnels. Um, mm-hmm. We can use this then as well, as that's one reason that they start to figure out the tunneling into buildings, which was because like those buildings, like you see, um, like Brody's out for a run or something, and he sees like carpet cleaner or whatever like basically people going into those businesses and their thing is like there's just this flooding and i don't understand why and it's because at night as the water's crashing into the sinkholes it's flooding up into the buildings and that's how he starts to piece together the tunnel systems like and i think they kind of played off as like that's just kind of a natural occurrence or stephanie sees that maybe after after brody has revealed his wild theory that watchtower 2 is tunneling into businesses for their watchtower she notices this and that's where she's like son of a bitch he's right we have like a scene with her and the member of the tower two guard that she's having a romantic relationship they're walking back um and then she picks up on something like maybe he uh i imagine like he's like a big spender or something like maybe he like Mm. um is like it's like how are you getting all this money you know like and that's kind of maybe something that clues her off and then she smells something fishy um that we'd have to set up earlier like maybe he says something or has something on him that would like reveal that he he is part of it the money bag the money pouch was empty from the grifter yeah and he's a big spender and she sees the truck pull up to the bank to like like i don't know why the vault's flooded like yeah why there's this much water in the vault we can't figure it out yeah and that's where she pieces all three of those things together with brody's theory about tunneling and it's like stuff a bitch I think we should just figure out what the standoff is at the end and then call it like, yeah, I mean, I like the idea of this like 
kind of claustrophobic tunnel fight where both squads are like rock up. And so it's like all eight of them are just fighting in this tunnel, like this one shaft of the tunnel. So it's like all of them together, like claustrophobic people are like um, ducking under punches to pop up and punch somebody else in the fight. Like it's just this brawl basically. I get with like the waves going in and out. Like I imagine like Mm -hmm. there's like moments of where this, the tunnel is filled with water and it's like really restrictive and they get like it's a lot of pressure going through this tunnel and they just get blasted and then it comes out and then they recover then they fight again then like it keeps yeah. coming in and out like That's with super waves cool. i think it keeps getting more and more intense um right. eventually they like i think it's just like hobie and mitch like having like a wrestling match like one upping each other i think hobie is just as capable as mitch is and mitch gets out of the hole i think maybe Ronnie and CJ dig and find like a break in the hole and they reach out and like pulse people out from under the ground mm-hmm. to get them out of this tunnel. Mitch gets out and he uh, reaches a, a hand for Hobie, his old friend and everything. And Hobie doesn't take it. And then he just gets fucking blasted with water, mm-hmm. like killing him, drowning him. And the watchtower too is dismantled. Yeah. Or maybe Stephanie's given command of watchtower too. Like that whole team is arrested and they're like, I don't know, maybe she finally gets like her due. Yeah. Maybe maybe we make it a, a plot point towards the beginning of like Mitch and uh Stephanie didn't have any say of like who got hired to watch over the I beach. think he put her name forward. Yeah. He put her name forward to run it and was she was just overlooked again. Yeah. Then like maybe um oh i like this idea so here's the thing he put her name forward and she was overlooked but when he found out it was hobie he was like oh he's amazing and yeah. doesn't really push it and she feels kind of betrayed at the end of the movie they're like oh we're gonna tear down watchtower too and he's like no just like put somebody in just put stephanie in charge like i said and they're like no we're gonna or um and they say something like no i think we're gonna go with and he goes well then she can have my job because if you don't put her in charge i quit yeah like he puts it all on the map for, and they're like, "Okay, fair, all right, Mitch, all right, whatever you want, we'll put Stephanie in, whatever." But like, the the end of the movie is him finally going to the map for her, like he should have at the beginning. Yeah, but he didn't. I like that. I like that setup and payoff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's I think that's the movie. Um, I don't uh, know if we want to do anything. Quickly, yeah, let's. We have Cor- Corbin Blue as the Brody character. Oh Who yes, we have as the summer character. Um, Vanessa Hutchins. We're just gonna cast the. High school. It's just gonna. It's just the High School Musical crew. I think that'd actually be really funny. We have uh, Ashley Tisdale uh, there too. Um, uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm fine with that. Yeah. All I right, think great. it's fine. So there we have it. Uh, so what do we call it? Baywatch Two. The Redheaded League. <laughs> um, I mean, we could just call it Baywatch Two. I know that we try to put a colon. And a subtitle on all of them, but sometimes we can't just call it if we don't come with a good name, we can't just call it Baywatch Two. I was thinking of like Tower Two or something like that, like Baywatch. Baywatch colon Tower Two isn't bad. Yeah, that might be good. Let's say that. I like that. Okay. I like that. I just I think especially if we're gonna have two in the title, it's just Baywatch colon Tower Two. Yes. All right. Well, did we do it? We did it. All right. Well, if we did it, that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. The people can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers. You can get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Our Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers. Special thanks to the Banana Boys for our theme song, Two Steps Strutting off their debut album, Technicolor Girl from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else online by searching Banana Boys. And as always, they spell that B-O-Y-E-S like in, oh yes. Their their album is available on all streaming services now. Uh, We'd love it if you would give us a rate and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, where we've been talking about some ideas for future projects. Some of them might be uh, Patreon, depending on if we can get some listeners. So if you're interested in some of our dumb ideas for new content, uh, definitely tell a friend, help get those numbers up so we can justify uh, getting <laughs> getting weird with if it. If you want again. that premium content, you need to share this with all of your friends. We're talking. Every person you have ever met. Yes. Just share it look, right now. Look, yeah. Go, go to, to Twitter. Facebook. Or Or Twitter. Yeah. 
or or Snapchat or your Bumble TikTok. account. Yeah, message everyone Blender, in message everyone in your Bumble account. Uh, just a link to our show. So get to uh, just go. Yeah, go to Facebook. Start an instant message with every person on your friends list, and then just link the equalizers. Yeah, create a Tinder profile for the equalizers and. <laughs> Swipe left on everyone. Swipe left on everyone. Uh, is left the good one? I don't know. Left is the bad one. Swipe I mean, right on everyone you know. Swipe the good one, the good way on everybody that you see. We always swipe the good way here on the Equalizer. Let's end the podcast. <laughs> Next time, Madison Jones and I crack some shells in Gotham City as we get to Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh boy. Truly the matchup everyone was waiting for. Yeah, the dream team. Uh, I'll tell you what, I've seen this movie a few times. Pretty good. Really fun. We're going to have a good time with it. It's going to get stupid, but we're going to have a good time. So, for the Equalizers. I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. Any last words? Cowabunga. To be continued. First take your favorite leg, and then you kick it up to your chest. Then you pump your open palms and then you really start breaking a sweat. That's all there is, that's really it. You barely even gotta move your butt. Come on, man, now follow my lead, and we'll do that two steps. Come on, dance with me.